Good morning, folks. It is Barclay back in for Beck today. And boy, oh boy, do we have much to discuss. Yeah, there's lots going on in the world. And even though we take breaks and we take vacations and much needed at times, I got to tell you, uh, yet we still, the world keeps moving. Got to stay on top of it. We do our best today. We got big news out of the Maxwell verdict yesterday. We're going to get to that. There is news, of course, out of Florida about the Biden administration playing politics. Not them. Not the Biden administration playing politics with your lives when it comes to treatment and uh, the mandates and more. We're going to get to all of it this morning. Appreciate you being here. Justin Barkley in for Glenn Beck today on the Glenn Beck program. Life is about being active. Whether it's about going on your daily tasks or exercising, you know you're well when you're regularly active. But what happens when being active actually hurts by the end of the day? This is the position I found myself in a number of years ago. Everything I wanted to do in my daily life, all of the activity it called for was held captive to almost constant nagging pain. When I heard about Relief Factor, I was skeptical, but my wife said, give it a chance. Not long after I took it, I could feel the pain begin to melt away and i've been taking it ever since and i can tell you that relief factor has helped me get my life back i love that it's not a drug but it was developed by doctors and about 70 percent of the people who try it go on to order more your first step to becoming pain-free just might be ordering a three-week quick start for only 1995 go to relieffactor.com or call 800 for relief 800 for relief or relieffactor.com find out all about this offer and feel the difference It's Justin Barkley and for Glenn Beck today on the Glenn Beck program. And you can follow me, by the way, anywhere on all the social medias at Mr. Justin Barkley, Justin Barclay, B-A-R-C-L-A-Y dot com. If you want to send me an email, uh, love to hear from you. The the stories uh, don't stop. You take a, you take a break, you take a vacation. It used to be, I didn't talk about this, but, you know, you'd have a little vacation and the Christmas time roll around, even Thanksgiving, and then you would get to take a little break. Well, you might. You might even walk on the beach. Like uh, Biden. <laughs> Joe and Joe were out on the beach. I don't know if you saw this. Joe and Joe were out on the beach. Uh, Joe's got a mask. They're all by themselves. They got the dog. Uh, I think his name's Commander, the German Shepherd. And they're, they're walking. It's a romantic stroll on the, the white sandy beaches of, I think they're in Delaware, at his beach house, as we, as we still see uh, record numbers of COVID cases. All-time record-breaking numbers in cases in the United States. And this guy's strolling on a beach on vacation. Far cry from the previous president. There's a lot of people talking about how much golf he played. But he, I think he worked like every day getting the job done. Regardless of presidents' personalities and who you prefer, the reality is uh, the numbers are higher. The deaths not just the cases, but the deaths now are higher under this president in the past uh, with, this, with this pandemic. And this guy is walking out on the beach. And one of the things that people caught, I think, uh, right off the bat was he had a mask on. <laughs> the guy had a, he had like a surgical mask on on the beach with his stroll. Now, Jill didn't. 
But the resident himself, I call him a resident because he, you know, I, I don't, he may live part-time at that big White House, but I don't think he's really in, in charge. I think there's other people pulling the strings. But my point is, is, you know, the optics are one thing. Who's in charge and what's happening? That's another. What's actually going down? And will there really be accountability for any of the things that we see nowadays? I saw a story, um, and we'll get into this a little bit later on in the program, but I saw a story about uh, Fauci and how much the high priest of health is making, and it's over 430-something thousand. Last year, maybe maybe this year, it's even more. He had a 20,000 bump year to year from 19 to 20. But that, that wasn't what... What really struck me, he's the highest paid federal employee in the entire government. He's the highest paid federal employee. But they had a story about his pension the other day and how much he'll get paid. It's incredible. When Trump talked about the deep, deep state or the swamp, this is what he meant. He talked about these people who are just ingrained in the system. They're not going anywhere. There's no accountability, and that's partially why we see a problem with this. Not just in this situation, but all over, throughout government. There's no accountability. The government will do whatever it wants to do. Whoever's in charge does whatever they want to do, regardless of what law says. It's a post-law world that we live in. And why? I mean, why would there be any law? Why would we follow any sort of moral code? Why would we live up to any of the values or principles? Who's going to do anything about it? I mean, this resident has told everyone that they must go out and have a medical treatment done. Whether you agree with this or not, look, I'm not anti-vaccine. I'm just making the point. He's told people, everyone, you're pregnant? No, you got to go out and get it. Get the jab. Maybe you have previous issues in your health history, and, and maybe it's not the best choice for you, and you've discussed this with your doctor. It doesn't matter. Joe Biden knows best. Now, the Supreme Court is set to take this up. They say, what, January 7th, I believe they'll hear oral arguments on this, and we'll get a little bit more in-depth on what happens next there. But I'm not holding my breath. I don't know about you. I think a lot of us are feeling this way and in the same boat these days because you've seen it time and time again. You've seen issues with election integrity, and there aren't any answers. You've seen issues where the government themselves have ripped people off. I mean, I've got a story here in Michigan. It's crazy. The governor here, not only did she lock people down all throughout the chaos the last couple of years. Not only did she shut businesses down, tell mom and pops they couldn't operate. 
while the big box stores stayed open and very profitable. But she also told people what they could and couldn't buy at those stores. It's incredible. You could go to a weed shop, yes, because it's legal here, the pot shop, but you couldn't buy potted plants in a garden center at the big box store, seeds or anything like that, to grow your own garden. Liquor store, wide open. Folks told they needed surgeries just so they could stay alive. Those surgeries postponed because they were called not essential. And yet, abortions were performed on demand. And have we had any accountability here for that? No, we've had none. She faces an election this year, so she's backed off of some of those things and kind of quietly slipped away. While some in her party are calling for mask mandates and all kinds of other things here, especially as we've seen record numbers of cases, and we'll get into all that a little bit later on too, but um, she's quietly biding her time, waiting, just hoping that you and I forget and that no one holds her accountable. The numbers are staggering. $12 billion. That's how much in fraudulent unemployment the state paid out. That's the new story. $12 billion. Folks, we don't have a problem when it comes to raising money or revenue here in this country. Tax dollars, yours and mine. I mean, they, they have no problem dipping into your pocket. The problem we have is how much money we're spending. It's staggering. And there's, again, no accountability for any of this. So uh, when, when we look at what's happening in the world around us today, it's no wonder people are frustrated. It's no wonder people are fed up. Feeling hopeless and helpless. I think part of that is by design. So today, partially, yes, we will acknowledge the problem. I'm not going to bury my head in the sand and act like it doesn't happen or it's not doesn't exist. But here's, here's the, the truth. There are good things happening, too. We'll talk about those good things. We'll shine a light on them. We'll tell you what you can do. Because I think part of what we're seeing play out here today in this country, if not the world, is... Really, the psychological operation that it doesn't matter what you do. It doesn't matter what you think. You've got to follow the rules. Unless you're one of the chosen. <laughs> you get to make the rules. Then the rules are for thee and not for me. Just like our governor, who, again, was telling restaurants how many people could sit at a table together. Everyone's got to wear masks. So she's caught, busted, time after time again, Breaking her own rules. Just like Governor Gavin Newsom out in California, Cuomo in New York, all these people, supposed leaders, who again skate through with very little accountability. We'll talk about that coming up. And more accountability, specifically in this case, Maxwell. The verdict out yesterday, guilty on five of the six counts. Will there be any real accountability? And is this maybe a sign of it? Or... Are they sweeping things under the rug in the biggest cover-up possibly of all time, as some have suggested? You'll get it all, the good, the bad, and the ugly, because I believe you need to hear it. To make the best decisions, 
that we can for one another and, of course, for our families. We've got to be fully informed. And that's what we'll attempt to do today. Barkley and for Beck on the Glenn Beck program back after this. If you're looking for a New Year's resolution that is easy to keep, I have just the thing. It's time to do something that will help protect your identity and your personal information. It's time to get LifeLock Identity Theft Protection. LifeLock will alert you to any potential threats to your identity online because you're going to miss certain ID threats if you're only monitoring your credit. And they pay attention to more and will not only notify you if they find threats, things like your information being for sale on the dark web, but also if you do become a victim of ID theft, a U.S.-based restoration specialist is going to help you take the necessary steps to help resolve your case. That's LifeLock. No one can prevent all identity theft, monitor all transactions at all businesses, but LifeLock is the New Year's resolution that's easy to keep. Keep you and your family safe and save up to 25% off your first year. Call 1-800-LIFELOCK or go to LifeLock.com. Use the promo code BECK. LifeLock.com, promo code BECK. Save 25%. Barkley back in for back today on the Glenn Beck program and triple eight seven two seven B E C K is the number if you want to join the program at any time. Love to hear from you. Coming up, you're going to hear from a man who was actually at the Maxwell trial. You know, it's interesting because I, I saw this sparsely covered in the news. This is all part of the accountability process. In order to have accountability, we've got to have a press, a free press, who is going to go out and cover the tough stories, the stories that may not necessarily even make themselves look good. we got to go against the narrative. we got to have the truth. And maybe one of the reasons why we didn't hear much about the story, except for at the very beginning, they had some cameras lined up. The networks were there, and they had, uh, you know, Folks there to cover it, and I noticed that the coverage was very slanted. If you watch CNN or MSNBC, as they talked about the Maxwell trial, they would show you pictures of Jeffrey Epstein with Donald Trump. What? And if you watch Fox News, they would show you pictures of Jeffrey Epstein with Bill Clinton. Yeah, the truth is, and I, and I don't, I can't tell you, because I wasn't on that plane. You won't find my name on that list. I can't tell you exactly what happened, but I know that these f- folks that are wealthy and the powerful, they all tend to sort of stick together. Now, there are stories about what Trump witnessed at his club, Mar-a-Lago, and why he booted and banned Epstein from that club permanently i don't know but in order to have real accountability we've got to be able to examine all of it we've got to be able to look at the truth even when the truth hurts and we've got to be able to take a close look and make sure that we move forward holding these folks accountable but the 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 media wasn't really interested in that were they they didn't follow the testimony of the witnesses they didn't follow what was actually said in the testimony of the witnesses We've got one Michigan connection here, actually. One of the women, the soap star, Jane Doe number 
I think it might have been three. Don't hold me that. But one of those women uh, testified that she was picked up, so to speak, and groomed from a very young age at a camp for the arts here in uh, Michigan. It's, it's, it's a worldwide, uh, world-famous camp called in, uh, Interlochen. Now, uh, Epstein apparently was one of the folks that contributed to this camp. They talked about that in the testimony. She talked about how she had just lost her father and her family was struggling. He was a famous composer and I think conductor. And she just wanted to, she just wanted to, I think seeing it was, she just wanted to be a part of the arts. And so they couldn't afford this camp. She was sent there basically on a scholarship that year. But Epstein took a liking to her. And that's when it all began, this, this idea that she would have an opportunity to come around these people, that they cared about her, that he was just a patron of the arts. And that he was there to shepherd her along the way. Because he cared so much about the arts. And then we got into the really damaging stuff. The testimony I don't even really like to talk about or even read about. But it was reported. It was all reported by our next guest. Who spent hours in that courtroom. An independent journalist. Doing the job that CNN and some of the big guys wouldn't do. Releasing those transcripts on his blog. And then we have a chance to read and hear what was happening behind the scenes. My question is, we've got one down here. This Maxwell who aided Epstein in what he was involved in. But from what we heard in some of that testimony, there are many others involved. The question is... Will they be held accountable? Will there be enough? Is there even any political or enough political will to move forward with that? Folks, in order to have accountability, one of the things we must come clean about with ourselves is that we live in a fallen world and there is evil all around us. In fact, when you hear these stories... It's nauseating. It's chilling. Some of the details that are coming out of these stories. That th these people would walk amongst us. And yet they are. And if we bury our heads in the sand and we act like it doesn't exist, then they'll be free. That's exactly what they want. Free to prey on us and our kids. into the future. So part of dealing with this, part of real accountability is facing it, the facts, the good, bad, and the ugly, no matter where it leads us. Asking God for the courage to confront it. Because I know there's a lot I'd rather focus on. There's a lot I'd rather talk about. There's a lot I'd rather think about much more than this absolutely horrifying, nauseating information that's poured out in this trial. And maybe that's part of why the networks haven't touched on it. Maybe that's part of why the networks haven't really run with it. They're too busy 
in our echo chambers trying to feed us what they think we want to hear that will support their narrative and continue to get them the clicks, the ratings that they're looking for. Look, I'm saying things that are true here. I'm, I'm, I don't know how popular some of this stuff is going to be. But they keep feeding us what they think we want to see and hear. And, of course, we come back day after day. But if they don't talk about the things that really matter, if they don't talk about the some of the ugliest of the ugly, then we're doomed to repeat these mistakes over and over again. I don't know about you, but I'm fed up. I've had it. I'm frustrated. I want change. And that takes real accountability. Coming up, we'll talk with a guest who was actually there in the courtroom with Maxwell and the rest. He'll give you the full breakdown behind the scenes. Let's hold him accountable. We continue after this. Barclay in for back today. Justin Barkley on the Glenn Beck Program. This is the Glenn Beck Program. You've heard me talking about MyPillow for years and how it's changed the way I sleep. Mike Lindell, the inventor of MyPillow, fitted me personally for my own MyPillow because I told him, I said, I don't think I really like him. And he said, wait, I think you have the wrong one. Got me the king size pillow. It has changed the way I sleep. It will not go flat. You can wash and dry it constantly and it stays the same amazing shape. You fluff it once before you go to sleep and it's that way. Best of all, it's made right here. So you don't have to worry about, are they going to be MyPillows on the shelves along with the lowest price offer mike is also extending his money back guarantee trial until march 1st of next year so it makes a great christmas gift you can get the standard my pillow for 1998 originally 69.98 a 50 dollars savings and the king size pillow is 10 bucks more go and see all their rotating discounts over 150 my pillow products enter the promo code back 800-966-3117 800-966-3117 it's mypillow.com promo code back your daily antidote to the socialism virus. You're listening to the Glenn Beck Program. Join the conversation. 888-727-BECK. Welcome back in. Barkley and for Beck and the Glenn Beck Program. And always a pleasure to be here with you again. You know, we talking about these stories that seem to be not taking a break for anything uh, these days and this one is a big one it's the maxwell trial and it quietly last night although i guess <sighs> during a holiday break we get the 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 uh, the verdict which i think is kind of interesting in itself there there were stories about why they may not in fact uh, well, they may have to move things up. Why well, there might be a mistrial? The, the we, we got rising COVID cases. The judge is taking a look at all of that and, and trying to weigh it all in. And uh, finally, the jury comes back guilty. Five out of the six counts. There's so much to talk about in this entire story. Let's start to break some of it down with one of the people who was there through it all. His name's Kristan T. Uh, Harrison. He was actually an independent juror or uh, independent journalist in the courtroom hearing the testimony and releasing much of it on his blog, the rundown live.com. And of course, Kristan, we appreciate you being here with us today. How are you? 
Hey, Justin. Thanks hey, Justin, for inviting me on the program. And, uh, yeah, it was a very interesting trial. Uh, I'd have to say that yesterday the verdict came down guilty on five of six charges. Uh, I think that the jury did its justice, and she probably deserves a lot more considering the torment that uh, all the victims went through. We even saw victims start to show up during the jury deliberation to wait for the verdict from the jury and their decision. But uh, this case was very interesting. And like you mentioned, we are the only one to release the transcripts of the victim's statements, as well as the Butler and the Kelly McGuire transcript of the FBI raid on Epstein's home on the rundownlive.com. And uh, I guess, where do we start? Uh, I think part of this this story really, uh, Kristan, is maybe in the beginning. I talked about it. Uh, you you discussed this, the the media presence in the beginning. It was kind of strong. Um, there were cameras out in front of the courtroom, but then it's they started to just sort of trickle away day by day. There were less, fewer and fewer. What did you make about that? Well, being a witness in the Kyle Rittenhouse trial, as well as having viral footage in the Kenosha unrest and taking the stand, every day when I was in Kenosha at the courthouse, there were tents all over the place, uh, vehicles with satellites stretching to the sky. You couldn't park anywhere near the courthouse. And that's not what I saw at the federal court in New York. What I saw is on the first day, there was a very strong media presence. And then, like you mentioned, it went from, you know, 20 to 30 tripods, and then within a couple days, two or three tripods in front of the courthouse, down to the fact that one Saturday, there was no tripods. In fact, only four journalists showed up, period, uh, for the charging conference that they had on Saturday uh, prior to deliberation. So uh, it was really weird to see all the media show up for the jury deliberation, and they didn't know who the lawyers are, what they look like. They were chasing down random people, taking pictures of them because they couldn't identify who these individuals were because they weren't in the courtroom for the actual testimonies, which blows my mind. I didn't see, uh, I'm not going to name a lot of these networks out there, but, uh, you know, Fox, you know, I didn't see them. The people that were there were like the New York Times, uh, Slate, of course, Vanity Fair, Yahoo News, and then there was a bunch of independent journalists as well, uh, myself included, and uh, a large, strong presence from public individuals and lawyers who lived in the area who had interest in the case. Now, uh, what I make of it is I think that the apples rotten from the core out, and what we saw is when the Atlantic wrote the article that child trafficking is basically fake news, photographs started to surface of the owner of the Atlantic hanging out with none other than Gilan Maxwell. Same thing with CNN. Look at what's happening over there. That's a disgrace. How anyone would want to get their news from that outlet after what we've been seeing come out of there in the last four, five weeks, you know, would blow my mind. And the owner of CNN, his wife, is seen in pictures with Gilan Maxwell. Uh, I, I think that it's uh, this elitist mentality that they can do whatever they want, they can get away with whatever they want, and it's very normalized. We saw yesterday uh, Gilan Maxwell's sister and brother, Kevin Maxwell and Isabel Maxwell, Isabel who took my photograph, by the way, uh, I had no reason, no idea why that was, but uh, they came out and they said that they firmly believe in their sister's innocence and they believe that she will be vindicated, and they've already filed for an appeal. That's how 
brainwashed and ludicrous these uh, leaders are, where they believe they can get away with everything. This is the norm, what Prince Andrew does, Bill Clinton flying around on a jet plane with Epstein, Bill Gates, another big name uh, come t- uh, on his logs. Uh, you know, Donald Trump is another one, which, you know, these are, do any of these names really surprise anyone? Kevin Spacey. I mean, these are all individuals that have been rumored and have had gossip come out that they were predatory. Uh, John Glenn, the astronaut. We know that there's photographs of Elon Musk. Uh, we can all, a lot of your faves uh, and interesting people uh, are on this list with uh, Jeffrey Epstein. The question is, is how many of them were involved in the predatory activity on Little St. James Island that uh, was may have been used for some kind of initiation into elitism or blackmail? Um, and how many of them were actually just doing uh, business with Epstein for uh, selling his you know, estates and his different properties. Yeah, I think that's part of the question. You know, these folks, powerful, wealthy, whoever they are, they do. Birds of a feather flock together in a lot of ways. So some of the question is, are these people, are these people, are they engaged in something more nefarious? Or are they just embarrassed by the fact that they're they're related, they're having their picture taken with these? I mean, I've taken pictures with a lot of different people that, you know, I, I don't necessarily know. Uh, th- th- there's a picture of me, because back in the day, these guys would come around radio tours, and I uh, stopped into a radio tour to do a promotional thing. There's a picture of me with Jared from Subway. Now, <laughs> that was the only time I ever met the guy. And I, I try to, you know, if I can delete that picture somewhere, scrub it off the internet, I probably would. But the question is, is there more to this story? And any time there's an imp- in a, just an appearance of impropriety, it's got to be fleshed out. And we have to know, we need to have accountability when we see stories like this being kind of pushed to the back burner. When we see stories like this not being fully covered, well, that... That's a problem because that doesn't allow us to know exactly what was going on to have full transparency and, and to hold these people accountable. My question is, there was a lot of disturbing testimony and you sat through most of it. Kristan, what was some of the things that were talked about when it, not just Ghislaine here, not just Maxwell, not just Epstein, but some of these other folks? What did, what did those people testify to? And is, are there other people that we do need to know about and need to be looked into? Yeah, the first testimony was Jane Doe. And Jane Doe, as you guys know, is Nadia from Days of Our Lives that came out and was exposed later on. They they literally used her name um, allegedly accidentally in the trial, her real name. And um, it wasn't hard to find her. But she, as well as Kate and Carolyn, the three anonymous girls, and Annie Farmer, whose sister Maria Farmer has been retweeting a lot of my uh, transcripts, uh, all really painted the picture of a grooming culture. It seems as though Epstein and Maxwell would go to Interlock in Michigan, where they have an elite summer camp for promised children who maybe are going to be the next models or TV actors or famous musicians, and it's expensive to go there. And Jane Doe had her interview at 13 years old, Maxwell and um, Epstein identified that her father just recently passed. He was a famous conductor. She left it. She lived in um, Palm Beach, Florida, you know, and they were currently homeless, living in a pool house of a, a close friends of theirs. So they identified first of all that this girl was a uh, had talent that she wanted to be a singer, so they could 
program in their brain that they could be the hero, pay for her schooling, pay for her college, any kind of, uh, you know, special singing classes or acting classes that she may want. Uh, Epstein could come through on that way in a big way. But that was the grooming interview to identify those things and see who was good and easy to be abused. The girls with broken homes, no father figure, mother is, you know, is in distraught. And so they invited her and her mother over to his Florida mansion. And she sang for him and Epstein and uh, her mother had discussions and it wasn't long before she started going to Epstein's alone. Well, another process of the grooming situation is desensitizing the children. So within Epstein's mansion, he had paintings of uh, graphic sexual encounters and orgies and naked women, as well as there would be like topless women in the pool. And this would all start to desensitize the children, including Maxwell and Epstein would bring these girls to rated R movies with explicit sexual scenes, again, desensitizing the children, conditioning them. And then at some Hmm. point, Maxwell would say, it's time to massage Jeffrey Epstein. And the massage room seemed to be where the final grooming process came, where Ghislaine Maxwell would show the girls how to massage Jeffrey Epstein all over his body. And I'll let you use your imagination what that means, leading to gratification, eventually intercourse and uh, orgies in the massage room with the young 14-year-old girl from Palm Beach. And it's gut-wrenching. It made, like, I want to throw up in my mouth just thinking about it. It makes me angry. Yeah, the stories are nauseating. Um, I got to ask you, though, Kristan, and I, I, I'm, I'm, this is sensitive material, but it is material that I, I believe we have to face, we have to confront. Uh, these are some of the things that are, that are happening in our, in our society, and if we don't, they will continue on and on. And it could be your daughter, it could be, and I think about that as a, as a father. I mean, the, the, the sick things that are happening out there. So, was it only Epstein, or did they get into the testimony of, of anyone else engaging? Because we hear all the names uh, that, that are associated with these flights and the trips to the island, etc. Was there anybody else? They point the finger at anyone else. Well, Les Wexner's name came up quite a bit as an enabler um, as well. And uh, it seemed like the prosecution gave a very diet explanation and there was opportunity for the prosecution to name other people that were on the flight logs with, um, you know, Annie, uh, excuse me, with uh, Jane Doe, with Carolyn, uh, with Kate. And even the judge at one point said, you know, you can reveal these identities. They haven't been redacted. And the prosecution, Comey's daughter, basically said, well, there's no need to bring those names up, they're not pertinent to the case, which makes me wonder why they wouldn't, considering they blacked out all these other names in the flight logs, amongst other things. So we don't really know in detail. I think that's another reason why Virginia Roberts didn't testify. I'm really surprised at that, especially because it would bring into the the whole trafficking um, charges. It was a very clear-cut case. You know, Prince Andrews is involved in that one, and there's other people that she would have named that I think would have blown this thing much uh, larger and made it blow wide open. The other interesting thing is that the judge decided not to grant immunity to any of the witnesses. So if you're a witness and you're going to tattle about the bad things happening on Epstein's Island yeah. and uh, you know, you're going to go to jail for it, why wouldn't you just plead the fifth and why would you even take the stand? 
Chris, we got to take a break here, but another thing that happened was that all these records got sealed. We'll talk about that when we come back. How can you have real accountability if you don't have access to all this information? We're not transparent about it. Talk about that. Chris T. Harris joins us at rundownlive.com uh, and the update on the uh, Maxwell verdict yesterday. Again, five out of the six counts guilty. Back with more. Barkley and Beck on the Glenn Beck Program. The Glenn Beck Program. Happy holidays from the Fed. They just gave us some, well, somewhat truthful reading about inflation for the first time this year. What a way to wrap up the year, right? Consumer prices and inflation have surged to a 39-year high. It's the fastest pace in nearly four decades. Energy prices up 34%, and you know how fast food costs are rising. We all feel it. On top of that, Biden is now trying to throw another $1.7 trillion into their social and climate plan, which could potentially accelerate inflation even more. At this point, it's just a matter of when and how bad. The U.S. dollar is in extreme peril. Gold and silver are a time-tested and conservative hedge against insanity, unrest, and potential hyperinflation. Call Goldline today. Ask how precious metals can protect what you've worked so hard to earn. Ask Goldline about their special Christmas offers and a very special bonus for listeners of my program. Be proactive. Call today. 866-GOLDLINE. 866-GOLDLINE or goldline.com. Barkley and for Beck, Justin Barkley from uh, Wood Radio and Grand Rapids on the Glenbeck program today. And Cristanti Harris is an independent journalist, therundownlive.com, covering the Maxwell trial, guilty on five out of the six counts. But something else happened that I think is even more important. The judge sealed the records. Cristanti, we only have about 30 seconds, but what does this mean and what happens with accountability moving forward? Well, out of 40,000 uh, images and photographs and videos, they only used 40 in the trial. I think that either they're going to uh, go ahead and prosecute additional people involved with the case or uh, they're hiding something. Her little black book of contacts, her and Epstein, it may never be seen. That That's very possible. Would mean, that would mean quite a bit. Criston. Uh, uh, before we let you go, I want to give you a chance to let people know where they can find you. You had some really interesting things happen to you while you were covering this trial. Your Airbnb was broken into. Your laptop was taken. I mean, all kinds of interesting things. Wild, to say the least. Uh, yeah. And you can find out more about those. Uh, where can people follow you? The RundownLive.com and other social media places. Yeah, sure. My radio program airs five days a week. It's called The Rundown Live. You can find it anywhere podcasts are found. If you want to donate and keep independent freelance journalism alive, go to therundownlive.com. We have a GoFundMe. And yes, I was robbed within 24 hours after Isabel Maxwell took my photograph. Isn't that a coincidence? There's even video of it. There's a whole bunch of evidence. But support independent journalism, therundownlive.com, therundownlive.com. Check it out. Follow us on all social media. I have radio, Spotify, Speaker, Stitcher, Facebook. Tristan, thanks for being here with us today. We're back with more next.